the Youth Workshop Podcast. It's the Big 4-0, episode 40. This missionary lifestyle kind of made me realize, you know what, God is my the God of finances. God is the God um, of miracles. God is the God of creation. And therefore, I believe in that God. You bring the passion. We bring the knowledge. Learn from the most creative, innovative and experienced youth experts across the globe. Are you ready to take your youth ministry to the next level? If the answer is yes, you are in the right place. The Youth Workshop, the podcast. Here's your host, Luke White. Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Youth Workshop podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, workshoppers. It means a lot to me. You flatter me. You really do by tuning in every single week. Today we have a young lady on the show who is such an absolute inspiration. She is living that missionary life at such a young age. You know, many of us maybe had dreams or visions or ideas of being a missionary when we were younger, or maybe sometimes at night we do literally dream about being a missionary. But this person, this girl, this young lady, Yasmin, has gone so much further than that. She has actually been living that life for quite a while now. And I really think you'll find her story absolutely fascinating and inspirational. And what I want you to do, unlike other episodes where maybe the content has been for you, the youth leader, I want you to encourage you to get someone, one of your young people, maybe your whole youth group, to listen to this podcast, this episode together. I think that there's something to be said about being inspired by fellow young people who, you know, just paint a picture of what is possible and what the options are out there, you know, and I really think your young people will benefit from listening to this episode. So tune in, download, share, and just make sure you take all the goodness that is in this episode and spread it out to as many people as possible. Love you lots. See you soon. I am so overjoyed. I'm ecstatic to introduce our special guest today, Yasmin Galaza. Yasmin, how are you doing today? Uh, good, good. Good, all good. Excellent. Listen, why don't you take this opportunity to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and the organization that you are working with at the moment. Okay. Um, well, my name is Yasmin. I'm 19 years old. Um, I work with an organization called Youth with a Mission, also known as YWAM. And with this organization, what we do is we run uh, like university schools uh, in which you get like a, a certificate afterwards um, after a process of five months working together with the organization three months which is just pure teaching like you would go like to lectures and stuff and then those of things and then two months where you can put all of that into practice awesome so when did you actually complete this course or are you still on the course whereabouts are you in your studies right now um well basically the long story short my parents are the ones who are directors of this course in in the location that I'm in which is in London um and unfortunately I haven't been able to complete one as of yet but I've always been taking part in um this two months uh, outreach phase which is the evangelism um work great so tell us you've got a very exotic surname Galaza do I say that correctly yeah, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Where has that originated from? Tell us a bit about your journey. Well, originally I am from Argentina. So I'm from the capital of Argentina, which is Buenos Aires. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I grew up there and our family is all back there. And we started with this um, with this missionary work in there because it's uh, one of the largest missionary works in the whole world. Uh, it's in 800, uh, 180 countries and more. And my parents, uh, when, when I was about uh, six, uh, they received a calling uh, to England and to start um, building up more missionaries um, because they were actually... They were actually in the like walking with God. Um, a mission, a missionary couple from England actually led them to Christ. So they thought that they should give back to the nation that gave back, that gave to them. How long now have you guys, as a family, been here in the UK? Uh, we've actually just celebrated our eleventh year in February. Wow! Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So tell us now, what type of work? do YWAM do and what have you been involved in in your time in this country? Um, so YWAM works with all all ministries uh, possible and our like slogan I think is what you would call it is to know God and to make him known and so we just want to know God in a deeper level have a relationship with the father know him as father as friend and as lord and what we do is once we've received all these teachings all these great um, pouring out uh, of different awesome leaders, uh, what we do is we work in all these um, areas within the community or the society that we live in, and we try to pour that back out. Um, so we work with Salvation Army, we work with uh, different churches, youth groups, uh, we work with starting a women's mis- um, mission team, we work with the parliament, um, we work in Soho, so the most needed areas. Uh, we work with fam- broken families, so children that have been um, abandoned and abused and stuff. So we try to cover everywhere, like even if, like we try to also cover like business places and take God like into the most darkest, but yet the most light places as well. Absolutely love that. So what has been your favourite experience so far? Oh, okay. So um, in my work in my walk with God, uh, I've been praying forever and asking him to take me to Africa because when I was little, um, I we were praying for the nations and we, we got challenged, you know, to pray for a nation. And I just didn't really know. I was really little, so I didn't really know where to pray for. But um, this, this lady came up to me. And she's like, I feel like you need to go to Africa for some reason. And so ever since I just prayed, I was like, God, I really want to go to Africa. Really want to go there. Just love the people there. Just, re- just really want to go. And for years, I've had the opportunity, but God had closed the door. And then uh, suddenly, this sep- no, this November, my dad challenged me because I didn't go to uni. He said, "You know what, Yanzi, you should come uh, to Ethiopia with me and um, and just come and like experience God in a different way." And just, yeah, and just help out in tribes and all that kind of stuff. So that's probably like one of my best experiences so far, which is the, like the latest. How long were you there for? I was there for a whole month. So for the whole month of November. Excellent. Excellent. And was it what you expected? Yeah, it was. But it was a bit culture shock, but it was like super what I expected to be. And even more like it was amazing. You know, you are so young and effectively you've been a missionary now for since you were eight years old in effect yeah how was the missionary work and being involved with it with this 
great organization how how has it affected you as a person how do you see life I guess it's not just about like that missionary lifestyle I guess it's just about that personal encounter with God which makes you view life differently um we all have different uh, gifts we all have different callings in life and I feel like yes um that missionary life is part of my DNA it's never gonna leave me uh, it's because it's I, I grew up in it but I know that um that God used that part of my life to change my perspective in life uh to not view life as oh my gosh I have to go to school I have to go to college I have to go to uni I have to work I have to make money provide for my children provide for my family and kind of put God second whereas this missionary lifestyle kind of made me realize you know what God is my the God of finances God is the God um, of miracles God is the God of creation and therefore I believe in that God and so I need to start living by faith instead of saying that I do, but not really do. So I guess that's like the biggest thing. Love it. Can you give us an example of like where you've had to hold on to your faith um, when things seem difficult? Can you give us an example of how you've had to do that throughout this journey? Um, yeah. Uh, when I was, I think I was like 13. I, I was baptized um, when I was 12. Actually, no, 11. And two years after that, uh, my mom had sent a team back to Argentina with her to do a bit of missionary work with um, the poorest area in Argentina. And as she was doing that, uh, we she got a phone call from the hospital saying that her brother passed away. And um, her brother is the reason why I, I have a passion for music and I play for me and I play drums and I play guitar. And and he was the reason why, like, I actually was like, oh, my gosh, I want to be like him when I grow up. And in those times, like, I was, like, asking God, like, God, like, where were you? Like, you say that you are the God of miracles. Okay, well, we need a miracle. And, um, and I was at a birthday party when I found out, and I came home and found out this news, and my grandparents were living with us in England. We lived in Southeast at that time, and so it was, like, raining. It was horrible. And the only thing that I could listen to were, the, like, the shouts and the screams of my grandparents, like, yelling at god like god what what the heck happened like where we like literally literally, like, literally shouting out loud like, yeah like i was like 13 years old like sitting there like shaking one because i was soaking wet and two because i was just like like i was I, I entered in shock like i was like this doesn't happen to me like those things that you see it happen to other people you see it happen to other people in church or or you hear about stories but it's never happened to me apart from when it hit me there and there and and I for a long time I like like I blamed God for it and I was like you know what like this is just not for me like how can I believe in a God that does that does that to to a person or to a family that is a missionary family has dedicated their life to him mm. um but then after a few uh, like after like a few years when I was old and like mature and stuff I finally understood mm. that it's not because God wanted it to happen um, but the fact that we learned so much from it, like our family was broken and I didn't accept it. And that thanks to that, even though it was a, a sad situation, thanks to that, like we were restored and we were able to cling on to God even stronger because he was our only hope in life. Um, and so, yeah, so I guess that was the hardest moment. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. What you're proving is that age really is just a number, you know. Um, it doesn't need to be 
something that inhibits us from doing what God wants us to do. So I, I want to thank you for reminding us kind of about that. Do you have a favourite piece of scripture or a story in the Bible that you particularly hold on to kind of as you're doing your missionary work or when things are a bit challenging? Um, actually, the scripture right now that's in my heart all the time um, is in Math- it's found in Matthew and in James. Um, it's about... Uh, let your yes be yes and let your no be no mm. um and it's and it's funny because like lately like as a youth person or as a young person we are really likely always to say yes you know or to say no or no man I don't want to do this I don't want to go there uh, I don't want to go to church because church is boring no I don't want this. but in your heart you know you should and it's that difference in you know what like I am I, I want to do things because I love to do things and I say yes automatically, but in my heart I say no. And I find that that God has been challenging me and saying like, all right, yeah, it's like, do you actually say yes to me? Uh, but Or do you say yes to opportunities instead of saying truly yes to me? And, um, and also it's that kind of thing that I wake up and you know what, I put other things before God. I, I get stressed because I have to go to work um teaching and whatever and all those kind of things and I actually forget that I'm saying yes to those things but in my heart I'm saying no it's that thing that God is challenging me saying like you know what you need to say yes with your heart and yes with everything that you have because you have you said yes to me in the beginning like you said yes to following me and following me isn't easy but if you follow me with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind and all your strength then we'll get through this type of thing even though it gets tough Love it. So what's the what's the biggest challenge that you faced where, you know, those times where you want to say, where you're saying yes, but behind the smile, there's a there's a deeper no. Like, can you give us um, an example where where that kind of you feel that way? Yeah, I actually had a confrontation about this a few days ago. Uh-huh. <laughs> My um, I am a musician, so I play drums and, and guitar at church. And part of why when we get together as a big community, we're around like a 90 people who uh, serve in different areas um, and we get together and we just worship and like have a Sunday service but on a Friday night and they always ask me to do worship and I say yes because there's no one else to do it and because I hate when other people do it because I think that I can do it better this is like a pride thing this is really bad this is like the baddest thing like I said this is um, good this is good <laughs> this is your confession time go yeah, ahead yeah this is my confession time forgive me father um, <laughs> But yeah, like I, I say yes. and I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like I get up there, I play my, the songs, I play my four chords that are in every Christian song and, and I sing the song and I sing the song lyrics and I lift up my hands and I'm like, yes, Jesus, amen, hallelujah. But then in my heart, I'm just like, man, I just want to go home. I had a long day at work. I just want to go to sleep. Um, I just want to be at home, sitting on the couch, eating chips and just watching Friends. Um, and that's my heart like that's honestly my heart but then for example when I get asked by other churches or by other great friends other great musicians hey how do you want to come um, and play at this gig or do you want to come and play uh, drums on a Sunday night like we have a uh, like we have worship night and stuff and I'd be like yes oh my gosh I see this happening like God has done amazing things and in my heart I'm saying yes and my dad like stopped me right there and he was like how comes you say yes with your heart to other people but to us you say yes but your heart and we can see it when you're up there that you're not in it 
Like mm. your your heart is somewhere else, your spirit is somewhere else. You don't want to be there. And so that's like the biggest bad thing that's happened recently. <laughs> no, you can't leave it there. You've got us intrigued. How did that conversation end? Tell us oh, more. How did that conversation end? Oh, that ended in like a small argument. A small, actually, it was a big argument. It was a big argument. Um, but in, it turned into a good thing because I like to argue a lot. I'm, I'm a person that likes to argue and likes to have the right. Um, but sometimes with my parents, I can't do that because they just write all the time. Like those frustrating things when you're just like, can you not be right for once? Just this once, um, please. Just, exactly, just this once. But yeah, it didn't work out. Um, I sat there and it was the last, uh, we were graduating a group of a bunch of young people from uh, one of the schools that we had and they were all running around and my dad happened to f- confront me in front of everyone oh, but wow. in the corner right. like he didn't mean to like say it but like yeah it was in a corner it just happened yeah um and I was crying and I was like okay like what do you want me to do and he's like I want you to ask yourself what you want to do mm-hmm. and that kind of left me there intrigued and like and I was like okay cool like I have to change my attitude I have to obviously in that heated moment I was like no I'm right like yeah yeah tired like like give me some cut me off some slack like come on um but then I realized when we were doing worship I was not playing worship that night and that and I, we were doing worship and I realized well god like I don't prioritize you I don't say yes to you or yes to other people I say yes to my own needs mm. like oh yeah if this benefits me then I'm gonna say yes to it first and all that kind of stuff what I love about that story is that you've demonstrated what I like to call like a teachable spirit you actually although in the moment you probably um were not rebelling but you were opposed to what your dad was saying right on reflection you actually took it on board and you grown to the point where you're actually sharing it with me and thousands of listeners who are actually going to be able to learn from what you've learned and I think that's so so powerful um yeah really thanks a lot for sharing that with us that's really cool ladies and gentlemen try if you can to have that teachable spirit that's that can be the difference between staying in the same place and really growing in spiritual maturity so thanks a lot for sharing that with us what would you hope that the future has in store for you ywam and kind of young people in general what's what's the future you see um I see. Well, this is what I hope. This is what I hope. I don't see. I hope. Because <laughs> um, I can't see into the future. I'm not like a... Wizard. You can't? No, seriously. Yeah, I, I wish I could. Oh, gosh. I thought you could. Sorry. <laughs> no, but yeah, no. What I see, what I hope really is that um, people don't think that church can save them or that YWAM can save them or that uh, a job can save them or that an opportunity can save them but that God can save them and that as an organization and as the church, the body of Christ, because at the end of the day, we're a church. Um, We're just church. We're just church 24 seven. And what I really hope is that we don't lose our identity and our identity is found in Christ and that, that the youth that we work with or even youth today uh, will start taking that as an initiative and saying, you know what? I want to carry Jesus on my back. I want to I wanna take him by the hand and I just want to go and run together with him. Um, and I want to make him my priority and I want to make him my ministry, you know, to let people know, to, to do what God told us to do, you know, tell the gospel, tell other people about Jesus. 
And so not to lose that focus, you know, not to make it, oh, my gosh, why I'm here, like, let's all pull out the red carpet, let them walk down the aisle. No, like, let's do that for Jesus 24-7 in church, outside of church, in the schools, um, in youth centres, in in prison, like, in these amazing places where you can bring truth and life. And so that's what I hope for, anything, uh, for church, for, for a person to actually know Christ. Because there's one thing about saying, yes, I know Christ, but there's another thing about actually walking in it. Love that. Love that. You said a couple of times that you, you're juggling work with your missionary work. Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, one of the reasons why we started this podcast and part of the inspiration behind this podcast is that uh, as a youth leader myself back in the day, not that long ago, I was a volunteer youth leader myself and I realised that one of the biggest challenges I faced was juggling my work work, my paid work, with my, my ministry work. So how have you found that balancing act and how do you how do you walk the line between the two? Okay, well it's not easy. Um definitely not easy, like <laughs> I'm probably like the worst example. Um <laughs> in the sense of like when for example today I had like a the really like a worst the worst day ever at work I work as what a, happened what happened I work as a PE teacher and sometimes I want to just slap slap kids at work. <laughs> um it's listening is, people if you're listening don't that... it's don't, don't don't worry like I don't actually do no I don't just um, in your heart just in your heart yeah. you're just slapping kids left yeah, and because... right they're just flying yes. flying everywhere I just, just... Psh, psh. Yeah. and that was yeah no but what I'm like for example some of the kids think that they're really smart by challenging and uh and i'm what's just the like, age group um so i teach primary school kids i teach from nursery all the way up to year six so when they get after year three and four like they just get really like smart <laughs> like not smart in a good way smart in a bad way like they just test your patience um so what happened today tell us what happened today, so what today? oh goodness me today Today I had to go to two different schools. One was was Catholic, and the other one's just a normal public school. And in one of my classes, I have about uh, six disabled kids. Um, it ranges from autism straight to more severe. Yeah, it just differs from different types of disabilities and stuff. Uh, I have a kid who's super epileptic, who we need to be careful. Like we need to be mindful. So that just drains me out like completely because. I'm worried, but then I have to teach. But then, like, you know what? Like, I have to be like Spider Man. Like, I have to make sure that everyone's doing what they're doing. And, like, so just clarify. Well, um, so there's epileptic and then there's super epileptic. So, is he, can he fly and stuff? Or, what no, you... no. <laughs> I'm just checking. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, it's like, it's different because some kids, um, are like, it depends what kind of ep- like what what triggers the epilepsy for them. Okay. Uh, to some children, it's light. To some children, it's loud noises. Really. Uh, to wow. others, it's just bangs on the shoulder, or bangs on heads, or whenever they get hurt. So you just have to be really mindful. Wow. Okay. Uh, cool. Obviously, they take their medicine and stuff, but yeah. But today, it was just one of those days where all the kids decided, let's not listen to to me. Let's just listen. To the birds. So, <laughs> a bird, 
Yeah, honestly, it was so bad. A bird came flying in because we were outside and it was raining. So a bird was flying in and he and it was just flying like literally inside like, over my head. No, it was we were outside. It was oh, okay, over sorry. my head. Mm-hmm. And um, and this bird was just flying and flying. And this kid goes, "Oh my gosh, can you see that bird, Miss? Can you see it? Can you see it?" And I was like, okay, guys, like, don't worry. Yeah, it's going to go away. And it wasn't going away. It was literally wasn't going away. And so I just was like, okay, guys, like, you need to listen. Like, we're losing time. Like, this is your time, not my time. Like, in my head, I was like, I'm getting paid for this. Like, come on, like, <laughs> make my job a bit easier. Um, and then what happened is one of these uh, autistic kids, he starts running around the playground trying to chase after this bird. And so I had to call him several times. I was like, come over come over you know like I'm not allowed to say names but yeah anyways yeah so I said ask this kid to come over several times and he was like no I don't want to come over to you you're a bad teacher I don't <laughs> like you I hate you all these things and I'm just standing there like it's super cold I'm super wet I I rode really quickly because I ride my bike so I was like sweating and everything like it was just not working I was like drenched my hair was terrible like I was just having a girl moment there I was about to break down in tears and in my head I was like I'm gonna slap this kid I'm just gonna do it really quickly nobody's watching anyways and so I actually said I actually said this like I whispered it and I was like listen Jesus, please give me the patience not to kill this boy because otherwise I'm going to get into trouble and I don't want to do this. And then the kid was running around and, like, thankfully, I don't know what happened, but the, one, of the super, um, one of the second teachers that normally helps out in the class, she came out and she just shouted his name. It's like, get inside, like, you're not taking part. And then, like, she took him out of the way and he was not around. Um, but really it's just that daily thing where you just have to get up and just before you go to work like this is why I do I cycle to work so I make sure I stop a few yards away before I get to the, the school gates and I and I say okay god you know what's gonna happen you know what the kids have been like today but I just ask that you know what whatever happened happened but I want you to be taking control and I want you to take away all my stress and all my possible anger that might come about and so yeah so I just give it to God um, sometimes it's really hard because I get caught up in a lot of things so sometimes I have to run from one school to another and I carry what I took from one school and take it to the other and so because I was annoyed at one school I just take it out on the other kids um but some kids, kids. are really <laughs> no no not slapping not slapping necessarily but for example today one of the I was really upset so today one of the kids was like miss like I can see you like some that something's bothering you like are you okay and I was like Jesus is this you like <laughs> what is going on because uh, I was really upset but like yeah like some sometimes the kids actually help you out and it's just like makes you aware of of, of how you're doing but it's good it sometimes it's really hard like I don't only teach I also uh play music and stuff and I find sometimes myself playing music with non-Christian people and I have to ask my parents for help like it's good to ask help from others um especially because I'm young and stuff so I have to ask for guidance but I find that asking help is not a bad thing it's not proving that you're weak it's just proving that you can't do it alone um and sometimes I find it really hard to listen to God and listen to his voice um so the easiest thing for me to do is to pray about it and then ask my parents to to talk to have a chat and be like yo like 
do you think this is okay? Should I go and play with this band? They're not really Christian, but yeah. So yeah, that's how my work life is, I guess. You're on your way home and you know that when you get back home, I guess, you're back into ministry mode. Yeah. So when do you get to just unwind and just be you, take off the work hat, take off the ministry hat and just wear the Yasmin hat? In bed when I go to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I actually don't because I don't wear a hat. Does that make sense? Like, Tell me more, tell me more. Um... I'm as open as I am in the missionary life in at work. So I find myself most of the time evangelizing to my fellow colleagues, even if they don't want to. Sometimes I ask them, like, what, what do you think about God? And then I find myself, like, even coming back here, it's not always, like, like ministry shoved down my throat. It's more mm-hmm. like you're just around people who love Jesus all the time. And we can even play, like, card games and still have this, you know, like, this missionary lifestyle, you know. Um, and it's something that I've learned that I, sh- I need to appreciate more uh, because I used to feel like, oh, my gosh, I want to be normal. I want to have, like, that normal life, that that family who's got a dog and, and that's, uh, take a picture every year outside their house with their nice car. Mm-hmm. and send a postcard to all their family members and all that kind of stuff and once we went uh on a family vacation to spain because it was local um and so that's the only thing we could afford really because we couldn't go back to argentina yeah and um and we took like a full week vacation trip and it was the worst four weeks of my life <laughs> like we wouldn't stop arguing because we're not used to each being being alone like we've lived in community life like all our lives so we live with like 40 people like all our lives and so for me it's just it 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 becomes normal and I'm Yaz when I'm when I'm here like I'm Yaz here and outside like people know I don't that's one of the things I have never had to struggle which I thank God for is identity crisis like I know that you know what I'm I'm crazy for Jesus and that's what makes me crazy and happy and and all that kind of stuff and if I didn't and if I didn't know my identity I'll probably be super messed up like mm. hitting actual kids and like <laughs> it's like no like no way like um one actually one one time one of the colleagues asked me at work he's like yes I don't know understand like you hate coming here sometimes because it's it's a school that I, f- I find it really difficult it's another school that I used to work at mm-hmm. but you still smile I don't understand and I was like dude that's the grace of the Lord and I was actually being serious he thought I was joking and I was like no honestly like like I pray before I come in here and and I ask God you know what and he's like what you pray and I was like yeah I pray and I'm happy that I pray like you should pray sometimes and he's like yeah I think so. <laughs> <laughs> it was really awkward. It was one of those awkward things. And I was just like, okay, well, I have to go now. <laughs> but yeah, I wouldn't change this lifestyle for anything. Like, I'm, I'm so happy and blessed. So tell me, how many people do you live with at the moment? Okay. Um, so staff-wise, so no students, um, we are 
in my house, we are 21. With students recently, we got up to 33. Yeah. Wowzers, you really are living that missionary life fully. Yeah. Wow. It's not it's not hibernating or anything like that. Or we're not a cult that we like reproduce. <laughs> we're not we're not like that. Just Thanks for clarifying to our yeah, listeners. Just, just to clarify. Thanks for clarifying. We're clarif- just normal people. Just normal people living that missionary life. Yeah. Love it. Love it in the heart of London. Tell us a bit about well, actually I've I've given the audience insight that you didn't give. Whereabouts are you based right now? Tell our tell our listeners. Uh Okay, so currently, even we are in London, but we live in uh, Wolsden Junction, which is like Halsden. So we live in Halsden. Um, you probably would, if you guys live around Halsden, you guys would probably have seen us around. Um, we are like that massive group of people with many Americans and many people who don't look like we're from Halsden because, yeah, we don't blend in with the people here. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we have, uh, this is the training house, we call it. Um, we've got three different locations, but we're one big base because we can't afford a big building. Uh, we are separated into three different houses. Right. Um, we have one house in Wembley who works with media and, uh, and arts. So music and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and that work closely with the Indian community within, uh, Wembley and then we have an another house which is the second levels uh, house which all the other people that want to stay and want to work with YWAM or that have worked in uh, another base in YWAM and want to come work with us they do a school there which is uh, in Wilsden um, so we're all kind of like together and stuff all uh, around the northwest London area of, yeah 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 all around this my the thing is my parents and my grandparents who work together my grandparents are like the big heads of the whole i mean not big heads in a bad way <laughs> it's like big the big people of the mission uh, this <laughs> it's so bad oh my goodness so your grandparents have big heads is that what you're saying to us yeah i'm not i'm just saying like they're really yeah the authority figures right yeah. right with big heads right got ya <laughs> got ya uh, yeah, so they, uh, them and my parents and another group of um, of older people that have been with us uh, for a long time, they're called the leadership team. Um, they've been praying a lot and they've had like visions and stuff about us being in the actual heart of London uh, and stuff like that. And that's why we moved like I moved schools around like 13 times. No way. Yeah, count in Argentina and here, like all together. Um, I've moved like in, from primary school to primary school, and I've only been to one secondary school, so I'm happy about that. Um, but we moved a lot when I was young. Uh, we moved from southeast to, to southwest uh, to North London, now to northwest, and then my parents want to go even centre. Um, but they're just waiting for that one thing, like they're waiting for God's timing and stuff. So we're all ready with our suitcases if any time like God says, okay, I want you guys to go. Or even if the landlord says, okay, guys, you need to go. <laughs> <laughs> so we're ready for... Whichever comes first, the Lord or the landlord. <laughs> we hope, yeah, exactly. We hope it's the Lord and not the landlord. 
You never know. This is absolutely amazing. You know, I really want to take every ounce of kind of knowledge that you have to give us from your experience. So maybe if there was one piece of advice you could give a young person who was thinking about going all in for God the way you have, what would be the one piece of advice you would give? Okay, this is going to sound really bad. But um, don't let go if it gets hard. Um, And if it gets hard, it gets good. Like, it's good. If if everything is so easy and it's so chilled and it's all happy days, it's bad. Like, no joke. Like, seriously bad. Because God, God always wants to challenge us and there's always a part in us that needs to grow, uh, even if you don't think so. And it's really good and it's really healthy to ask for help. Uh, to someone that you know that they're spiritually... Um, able yeah more able than you or have this or you see them as a leader and you can trust and you and they are like necessarily like not not on the same level as you but you see them as older yeah and not to be afraid like just to be open about stuff because God shines his light in our darkness even if you don't really tell people about your darkness so either way is going to come out eventually Yasmin, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. We are better off for having you with us. How can we find out maybe more about you and more about your organisation? What's the best way to connect and get more info? If you type in YWAM London Urban Key in Google, we come up as a first search. So that's Uh, YWAM London London. Urban Key. Urban Key, yep. Yeah, we appear in Google, like just there. There is our website with all our information, all our details, all this stuff that we do, future events. What's your direct? So what's the direct website if we just want to type it in to our browser? Very good question. I have no idea. Um, I think oh, it, so that's why you gave yeah. us the Google directions. I yeah. get you. I'm so bad. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Thank you so much, Yasmin. It's been fantastic having you on the show. And we just really want to affirm you and just implore you to just keep going, to keep strong and to keep on committing your life to God. Because, you know, you've been such an inspiration and we hope that a lot of young, we know that a lot of young people are going to be influenced and encouraged by you and your story. So thank you so much for joining us on the Youth Workshop and we look forward to speaking to you again soon. All right. Thank you so much. Unbelievable. That is going down as one of my favourite episodes and I think you will definitely agree with me. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Remember, follow me, Luke C.R. White, over at Twitter, Instagram. I'm even on the, the chat that is Snap, Snapchat, ladies and gentlemen. Luke has joined the 21st century. Join me over there. Let's have a really good time. And until we meet, be it virtually or face-to-face, remember, ladies and gentlemen, create an impact with your influence.